Itamar Marcus is with us live via telephone. He is founder and director of an organization that has a very interesting name, Palestinian Media Watch. It's um, He's one of the foremost authorities on Palestinian ideology and policy. He was appointed by the Israeli government 15 years ago to represent Israel in negotiations with the PA on incitement. He has presented analyses of Palestinian ideologies and academic, cultural, and government frameworks, including hearings, lectures, and briefings to members of the U.S. Congress and Senate and in many other countries' parliaments. He lectures around the world, gives analysis on CNN, Fox News, BBC, and a full range of world television news, and now he's a guest on JM in the AM. Itamar Marcus, director of Palestinian Media Watch, welcome to JM in the AM. Uh, thank you. Pleasure to be with you. Um, you, you got to explain the goal here. Is the goal to literally watch every news source that's coming from the other side, so to speak, and talk about the accuracy of those news reports or the authenticity of who they're coming from? What is the goal of Palestinian Media Watch? Well, it's, it's actually way, way beyond that. What we're looking at is um, official sources and activities uh, to get a sense of where the Palestinian leadership is leading its people. Uh, and when I say things like activities, for example, we, we follow the sports pages of the Palestinian Authority newspapers, and we find that they name sporting events as the terrorists who've killed dozens of Israelis. So, for example, the Ministry of Education of the Palestinian Authority-sponsored soccer tournament named the Abdul Basit Udeh Championship Cup. Who was Abdul Basit Udeh? Suicide bomber blew himself up, killing 31 Israelis um, at the Passover Seder. You might remember that yes, terrible sir. attack a number of years ago. Uh, we've had numerous summer camps named after people like Wafa Idris, who was the first suicide bomber, first female suicide bomber. Uh, Dalal Mugrabi, who hijacked the bus and killed 37. So we're looking at activities sponsored by the Palestinian Authority that give us an indication of the messaging and the and the values they're trying to inculcate amongst their population. And what we're finding is, for example, in the sporting page, sports pages, uh, the horrific, horrific messages, horrific role modeling, uh, presenting of those who've killed the largest number of Israelis as the greatest Palestinian heroes. In addition, we, we found things that have become major, major world stories. We discovered a few years ago that the Palestinian Authority gives salaries, pays salaries to every terrorist who's arrested and put in jail. Literally, the day that Israel arrests him, he starts receiving a Palestinian Authority salary. If he's in jail long enough, meaning if he's a criminal who's murdered, a uh, terrorist who's murdered, uh, he can reach up to 12,000 shekel, which is about four times the average Palestinian salary. Four times the average Palestinian salary. He's talking about massive salaries, and when these terrorists get out of jail, they then have a massive amount of money waiting for them. They're Palestinian heroes. Uh, this is an activity. This has nothing to do with you know, truth or not truth or, or in, in the media. We're, we're getting a real sense of Palestinian Authority values. It's interesting because, first of all, do you know Arabic? We have eight Arabic language experts uh, in the office. I can imagine. And, and, and when we, and we have one actually Egyptian-born. And when we talk about, uh, you know, keeping an eye, let's just say for argument's sake, just on the newspapers and the written sources, Internet, etc., I would guess you need people who speak not just Arabic, but a whole variety of languages in the Middle East. Well, for the if, if we, for the whole Middle East, that's certainly true. 
we we focus on the Palestinian Authority, ah. uh, and we completely do them. And 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 even for that, we we need many more than the eight people that we have. Uh, we 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 even read their crossword puzzles. And let me give you an example of why reading the crossword puzzles. I'm talking now about the crossword puzzles that appear in one newspaper, which is Al Hayat Al Jadida, which is owned and totally controlled by the official Palestinian Authority government. I'll give you a crossword puzzle clue. Jewish Center for Commemorating the Holocaust and the Lies. And the solution was Yad Vashem. Right. Uh, we have many clues like uh, um, a modern city in occupied Palestine, and the answer is Tel Aviv. So you see, you're learning their ideology by seeing even their, their crossword puzzle clues coming from the official paper. So we have to check everything out in the paper. We read advertisements. We, we once found an advertisement that the United States government, through USAID, was uh, sponsoring renovations in a school. So far, it sounds very nice. But the school was named the Dalal Mugabe School. Dalal Mugabe killed 37 people in a bus hijacking. So why is the United States government funding uh, the renovations in a school that's whole purpose is to glorify terrorism just by the name? And, in fact, 24 hours after we publicized, the State Department uh, canceled the funding of uh, of the project. So we even read the advertisements. Uh, in the newspaper where that where we actually found that information so now many of the Palestinian Authority leaders have Facebook pages and have YouTube channels so we have to follow them and by the way every example I've told you up till now was Fatah and Palestinian Authority supposedly the moderates I didn't even start with, <laughs> with Hamas which is a whole different ballgame well if this is the case Itamar Marcus is with us if this is the case then you know if one of the main concerns of the world when it comes to the uh, you know Israeli Arab problem is incitement right if that's one I mean the world should be outraged at the incitement both subtle and direct that you discover on a daily basis you're absolutely correct and and tragically what what happens is the world expresses outrage and then gives the Palestinian Authority another chance to fix it and I say tragically because the Palestinian Authority has learned that there is no or very, very little teeth in the warnings coming from the European governments and coming even, for the most part, from the United States government. Um, there's legislation that's in effect based on reports that we published and made recommendations for changes in American law. That's We Palestinian Media Watch. And the recommendations we, we gave to Congress to cut off funding to terror and glorifying terror were accepted by Congress a number of years ago, but Every single year since then, uh, whoever's been president in all the years that President Obama has been in office, he has used his waiver to, to cancel uh, the, the, the limitations in funding. Uh, what's happening right now, by the way, is, is that we're, we're in contact with many members of Congress, and there are a number of examples of legislation that are going to limit uh, the president's ability to, to waiver this by putting conditions on the waiver. He can't just say it's American national interest. And then I think we'll see a major, major cut in the funding by the United States government. And then, once it, when it really is cut, maybe there'll be a change in the Palestinian Authority. Yeah, but, I mean, can you believe that there can be a change at this point? I mean, even even if there was this type of financial, you know, uh, threat, and, and that threat was carried out, do you believe that with the way uh, the, the PA society, so to speak, has been inculcated, they could possibly change from the attitude of incitement that they've been drilled with all these years? 
I, I agree with you completely. The, we're no longer dealing with just a problem of incitement. We're dealing with a problem of a population right. that is burning with hatred toward Israel uh, and doesn't believe that Israel has a right to exist. In fact, they don't even uh, believe that Jews have a right to live as people. And I'll, and I'll say that there, we, many, many times Palestinian television has broadcast uh, we've even seen it in, in some Palestinian, in, in a Palestinian school book in uh, the religious education, where they were taught a, a, an Islamic source, a hadith attributed to Muhammad, which says that the hour of resurrection won't come until Muslims fight the Jews and kill them. Um, so that they have presented killing of Jews as a religious obligation, and in fact, redemption is contingent on uh, Muslims fighting Jews and kill them. This is the Palestinian Authority a presentation of the source. There are other Muslims who don't apply this source today and say it doesn't apply. The Palestinian Authority has applied it, including the Palestinian Authority Mufti, who's the most important religious leader in the Palestinian Authority today, just two years ago, uh, said that at an event, and it was published and it was broadcast on television. Polls have found that more than 70% of Palestinians believe that hadith meaning you have an entire population, more than 70% who believe that they have a role to kill Jews, that uh, Allah wants them to kill Jews, they're fulfilling Islam if they kill Jews. This is the result, and that's exactly why what you said is correct. We have a population that has been poisoned by this Palestinian Authority messaging, and I see two stages having to happen. One, Western government, or I would say three stages. First is that Western governments, United States and Europeans, have to stop funding the Palestinian Authority. Uh, and, as a condition or, or conditioning their funding on a total change in the messaging. Two, we need a long period of, I would say, detoxification of those poison messages that the Palestinians have been giving the people. They have to get no more negative hate messages. They have to be taught to see Israelis as we have been, which have really been very good neighbors over these years. Um, and finally, hopefully, we'll then... Uh, evolve or grow into a new Palestinian population who's willing to live in Israel with peace. I don't think anything you just described could take place in our lifetime. I think you need a lot, <laughs> a lot more time than okay, that. Okay, maybe, maybe you're right. And, and I tragically, mean, I think you're right, based on past experience. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're a lot younger uh, than I am, but uh, I don't see it. Itamar Marcus, Palestinian Media Watch with us. Is there a specific video that you would recommend that people who are skeptical about what you're saying could actually view, maybe with subtitles, and see the type of incitement that you're referring to? Is there a, I don't know, a video or just like a couple of items? Because you have a lot of stuff on your website. A couple of items that you could recommend where people could see what you're describing in action? Yes, I, w I would suggest they, they go to our website, which is palwatch.org. One word, palwatch.org. Um, and just type it in the search on top, um, monkeys and pigs. Monkeys and pigs. Monkeys and pigs. Okay. And then what they'll see is a number of videos where young girls on official Palestinian television were reading poems that they had been taught to memorize, um, and uh, they were describing the Jews as the enemies of Allah, despicable monkeys and pigs. Uh, and, and again, the girls are beautiful, they're sweet, they're, they're, they're naive, they don't even know what they're saying. And they're probably less than 10 years old, and this is official Palestinian television. Those are just two examples. And then if you go into the general children's video section, you'll see many, many more examples how young children, even under 10, are brainwashed by the Palestinian Authority. Um, by the way, again, the TV station, like the newspaper, is owned and controlled directly by the Palestinian Authority. I know I interrupted you before. I'll give you a chance to make your point. But has any of this ever been officially 
I don't know. Pre- I mean, you're, you're presenting everywhere around the world. Have you ever presented to the Israeli government, as the prime minister and others, especially in the Department of Education in Israel, the Ministry of Education, know about the research you've done? Uh, certainly. We, we meet, actually, uh, uh, every, uh, every three months. We have a regular meeting in, uh, in, the, in the prime minister's office, uh, and this has been going on for probably five years now. Uh, in addition, we're in constant contact with them. Uh, during uh, in between meetings, this is just a formal meeting to give a summary of the entire quarter that we give them. Um, we meet in the foreign ministry now lately. It's been once a month, uh, as well as in many other. I'm speaking to members of the British and Australian Parliament who will be in Israel next week or in two weeks. Um, and uh, we, we, we get this message directly, again, to the Israeli government and to all governments around the world. Uh, and uh, th- there's a lot going on. I'll give you one great success. We just had the, the, the Dutch government, the Dutch parliament last week voted unanimously. There were only uh, 148 out of 150 members who were in parliament at the time voted um, to that, that the um, Dutch government should uh, demand that the European Union uh, and their own government stop funding the Palestinian authorities uh, giving money to Palestinian terrorists in prison. And this has been a number of years of hard work that we've been doing with the Dutch government. There are many MPs there working with us. Um, and we're having similar success in other parliaments. We've had great success in Norwegian parliament. Uh, we're literally going one by one, and our goal is to, to grow and expand so that we don't have to do one parliament at a time, but literally we could go and follow up with, with all through Europe. I believe that uh, eventually we're going to reach a tipping point where the um, the isolation that Israel feels in Europe can be turned around because when you show a member of parliament, a little girl on official PA TV, uh, talking about the Jews as descendants of monkeys and pigs, and then you tell them, listen, you paid for this, uh, they respond with horror, even if, even if they're supporters up until that point of the Palestinian Authority. Itamar Marcus is director of Palestinian Media Watch. How are you guys supported? We're supported by uh, private contributions. We have uh, an ability to get money in the United States uh, uh, tax-deductible through Central Fund of Israel. So uh, if anyone wants to help us grow and expand and and impact more around the world and and really change the image of Israel and the Palestinian Authority in the world, we would be very, very thrilled if people wanted to uh, support us. And in any case, they should go to our website and sign up for our bulletins so that you can get the latest videos with subtitles uh, in your inbox. Um, when um, when these things are said. I know I interrupted you before. Is there another point you want to make? Anything you want to add to this conversation? Yeah, I just wanted to say before when we talked about it, you know, you don't see any change in the PA, and I agree with you completely. There, there's no chance in our lifetime that the Palestinian Authority will ever willingly on their own make this kind of a change. I just want to point out a significant poll that was done a number of years ago, and that's why it's so significant. The poll was done by a person named Khalil Shkaki, who's the most important Palestinian pollster. He did it in 1996, and he did the same poll again for four years. Now, in this poll, he asked Palestinians to rate different places in the world in democracy and human rights. Now, why is this period 1996 significant? This is just at the beginning of the Palestinian Authority. This is after Palestinians lived under Israeli administration for 30 years, from 1967 uh, through 1996. And Palestinians were asked to rate different places, and he asked them about the, the PA, Palestinian Authority, United States, France, and Israel. Well, in all of the polls, four years in a row, um, Israel came out the best in the world in democracy and human rights in the eyes of Palestinians. Meaning, hmm. after 30 years of, of contact with Israelis, 
Palestinians thought that Israelis were the best in the world in democracy and rights. And by the way, it was very significant. There were 78% of Palestinians give Israel a positive rating in the first year, and the United States only got 65% positive. Uh, and the next year was 77, the next year was 75. Palestinians who knew Israelis, who didn't have the Palestinian authority to poison them with hatred, they actually admired Israelis as the best in the world in democracy and rights. Why? Because they saw us directly as we are, as good neighbors. And our hope is that a Palestinian leadership will, will eventually be brought about by, I don't know, by, by after there's some major, probably, crisis in the Palestinian Authority, financial crisis, and they, they put in a new leadership who will just open the doors to peace with Israel, let Palestinians see that we really are the best neighbors they could possibly hope for. And hopefully we can someday get back to those polls where uh, 78% of Palestinians give Israelis a positive rating in democracy and human rights. Itamar Kolakavod. Uh, Palestinian Media Watch is the website. Anybody wants to see it, it's palwatch.org, P-A-L-Watch.org. Call like a vote to you. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. Bye. Six minutes before 9 o'clock. This is JM and the